0: Hello and welcome to All Villa, No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Villa had one of their most active January transfer windows in years. The club signed Coutinho, Luca Digna, Callum Chambers, Robin Olsen and Kerr Smith. On this show I'm joined by our guest this week, Tom Nightingale. He's a regular contributor to the Holtcast podcast and part of the Toronto Lions. I started out by asking him how he'd rate Villa's transfer window on a scale of one to 10. Probably an eight, eight point, even 8.5, I
1: think, out of 10. Um, You know, I think coming into January, considering that the January window typically uh, is a tough one to negotiate in. And Villa in the past, we've been used to, I think, picking up the odd. often underwhelming loan signing or adding a squad piece here and there, you know, like Frida said at the start of January, you know, we'll sign Luca Dina probably for my money, one one of the best left backs in the league. You know, if you said we'd bring Philippe Coutinho in, like it's, it's dreamland, isn't it really? And then I think if you add, uh, Callum Chambers, I think it's a very neat, uh, utility piece, depth piece for the squad. I I quite like that signing a lot, especially given the the fact it sounds very much like a low investment. You chuck in a nice couple of new contracts and I think we're maybe that elusive midfield signing away from that being a a 10 or an 11 out of 10 window, really. Um, It's hard not to be very pleased.
0: i got to say, what do you mean about Borja Baston? He was a great loan signing for us two years ago. I was was thinking Grant Holt as well from back in the day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we've, we've not had too many stellar uh, January windows. Uh, I've got to be honest about that. But, you know, obviously the biggest name for this window, Coutinho. A quite extraordinary signing, you know, con- considering the amount of money he went to Barcelona for not that long ago, three years ago, four years ago, maybe. And to think that his next club after that would be, well, Bayern Munich Online, but then Aston Villa. Uh, what do you think it says about Villa now and, the, and our appeal as a club we were able to get Coutinho.
1: It's, I mean, it's huge, isn't it? Really, and I, like it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, there's no way that we sign Philippe Coutinho, not players of his caliber, but particularly not someone who's such a statement name. I think, like Philippe Coutinho, you know, we don't make that signing without Stephen Gerrard as manager. Yeah. Uh, I love, love Dean Smith. i was sad to see him go, but. Stuff like the Philip Coutinho signing, I also think the Luca Dina signing are mm-hmm. uh, kind of an A1 reason why uh, club owners, CEOs, Christian Perslow types uh, can be quite ruthless with managerial changes because yeah. we're already seeing, I think, that it's it's catapulted us forward, I think, in terms of appeal and reach um you know the Coutinho signing when uh, there was a bit of talk about it wasn't there I think for a few I forget the timeline but for a few days I think before it was confirmed Mm. and when there was talk about it I was actually slightly devil's advocate about it um (laughs) and I realize now you know with hindsight that was purely that I couldn't quite bring myself to believe that, that Villa would pull something like that off yeah um and then obviously, you know, bringing him in, huge statement, shirt sale is going to go through the roof, you know, <laughs> like uh, it's a great, I can, from, the, from that sort of cold marketing side of it, it's a, it's a fantastic move, isn't it? And, mm. uh, and a sort of awareness and um, uh, uh, in terms of Villa stature as a club, it's huge, but also yeah. then for him to come in and for him to hit the ground running the way that he did, came off the bench United, completely changed the game, you know, scored that absolute screamer for Brazil uh Mm. in 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 midweek he looks like a player who is absolutely raring to prove that at the age of 29 he's still got the magic that he had at the age of 25 right and absolutely love the fact what the buy option 33 million pounds i think i mean if if we if he has the four months five months that we hope he's going to have 33 million no qualms at all about paying that in the summer
0: yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like a more exhilarating version of the Benito Carboni loan, um, yeah. you know, 20 years ago. And he had, he had a great impact for Villa, particularly on our FA Cup run. But um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, seeing a Brazilian international score a goal like that um, and to think he plays Aston Villa, to think all the kids in Brazil who watched that game, saw that goal and asked their parents who he played for. And they said, someone called Aston Villa. Uh, <laughs> it, it's 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 a bit... You know, and on top of that, seeing Emmy Martinez and uh, Emmy Buendia mm-hmm. as well as Argentinian internationals. It really does feel like Villa have made, in a very short space of time, quite a few leaps forward. And Coutinho is a huge part of that. Um, I mean, within the team itself, uh, do you think Coutinho and Buendia behind Watkins will be the way forward?
1: I think so, yeah. I've seen, I mean, I've seen some talk about the, the Watkins-Ings dilemma just rumbles on, doesn't it? And we're going to be talking yeah. about this. Uh, probably for the remainder <laughs> of the season, and I can see yeah, possibly, yeah. I can see possibly the argument for if you've got chance creators like Coutinho and Brendir in your team, then Ings is finishing. Maybe you know it could be it could be more of an asset than it's been so far. But for me, in, I mean, I, I I would personally plump for Watkins up front still. But I mean, in yeah. terms of behind the striker or off the striker, it seems to me that in in Coutinho and Buendia we've got two players who are absolutely ideally suited to that sort of not quite a winger not quite a number 10 yeah. but almost inside forward kind of player that Gerard seems to seems to like in his team the the, the only real concern's a bit strong maybe but I like Buendia's defensive contributions. You can imagine that that is not what Coutinho is going to be charged with, I would think. You know, I can't imagine that Gerard and staff are going to be laying on Coutinho's plate that there has to be an awful amount of tracking back and defensive work going on. So <laughs> the only slight qualm I would have with that is given the fact that we didn't get that elusive dis- destroyer of a defensive midfielder that we've all been talking about for so long, <laughs> yeah. can, can the midfield accommodate having... Someone who is definitely a luxury player, right? In that one of those more advanced roles. Like I, I having said that, there's no chance at all that you don't leave Coutinho out do once he's proven that he's fully fit. Which I mean, he appears to be. He's got decent, got a lot of game time for Brazil in this in this window. I, I sort of still can't get past the point of how how incredible it is that we're going to be <laughs> lining up with Philippe yeah. Coutinho in sort of that attacking midfield spot. But um, honestly, it's a front three. I think to frighten teams around us certainly teams below us and then if you think you add into that got Leon Bailey coming back hopefully sooner rather than later Bertrand Traore's got a lot of action for Burkina Faso uh, and AFCON as well in this in this window we've suddenly got this array of wing talent attacking midfield talent that you know 18 months ago or so or you know even less you think about Ross Barkley on loan like unthinkable
0: (laughs) yeah um, yeah, you, you absolutely. You, you're kind of thinking um, that Villa are the type of team that I think if you look later part of the season and look at Premier League sides, it might have a run of games where they suddenly start winning a lot. I think Villa, with that combination of players, if they play enough together, certainly could be candidates to go on a really good run late in the season, which would be perfect if you could get top half, I think, this season. But a player, obviously, that you mentioned there, Luca Dinha, a former Barcelona player, PSG player, won the league. Uh, for both of those clubs. Um, and then he's he's excelled for large parts of his Everton career as well. You know, I like Matt Target a lot. he was I thought he was excellent last season, but I think this season is probably a case that he has suffered more than maybe anyone else with the departure of Grealish. And mm-hmm. he has had a tough time this season, I think. But do you think Luca Dina is he a big upgrade on Matt Target, would you say? I think he is really. I like I agree with you. I like
1: Target a lot, but I, I couldn't agree more about that point. Um about how Grealish has affected his game. I think mm. Target is far and away the player who has suffered most for, for losing a player of Grealish's ability. You know, like the way he used to hold the ball and bring others into the game. It made I think it made Matt Target look like one hell of an attacking left back. And I'm not <laughs> convinced he is really. Um, I like I like him a lot, but I think we've I th- again, I think we've already seen really from Luca Dina the 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 quality of cross he can put into the box, the fact that he can get up and down the wing in the way that we've been become so accustomed to with Matty Cash down the right wing, like road like road and he. <laughs> um, Adinia has that ability to genuinely not only join in with attacking play, but be one of those difference makers, I think, in in, in terms of the attacking play. And his defending also seems very solid. What one thing I you know, in terms of the signing of Dina, I'm just I'm so pleased because it was purely opportunistic, wasn't it? It seems mm-hmm. um, to for Villa now these days to have the savvy to take advantage of uh, a rival, somebody who's been a long term rival as well at Everton for years yeah. and years, have been sort of thrown in the same bracket as Villa. So to be able to take advantage. Just because there's a manager who doesn't get on with a particular player or things are falling apart, at the seams a bit behind behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. For Villa then to swoop, pluck one of, I think personally one of Everton's star players out yeah. of that club. Yeah. He said he and he said in his departing statement, he's perfectly happy at Everton until the everything flared up with Benitez. So to sort of override that and sell Villa's project to him and bring him in, and then Everton what fire Benitez. Five days later, was it? If yeah. we'd have just knowing that if we'd have dallied on that deal, he probably wouldn't have, you know, been looking to leave Everton, and we'd have missed out on a, a real what I think is a real upgrade to our first eleven. Um, another, you know, and just to, in terms of him being an upgrade on target, as well as the sort of general individual play side of it, what I've also liked from him in the couple, you know, the game or two that we've seen. I Can't remember now. It's only one game we've seen. It's been so uh, long. So, it's not, since uh, we've yeah.
0: Yeah, too, I think United and Everton, he played in both of those. Right, yes. Um,
1: one thing I've really liked about him is you can see him talking on the pitch. You know, back, back line, we've got uh, concert I think, um, is a good leader at the back. I just think in that sense, he's overshadowed a bit by Mings because Mings is so vocal, organises that back line so well. Yeah. Um, Luca Dina, we've seen, talking to talking to fellow defenders, I saw him, I can't remember who it was, might have been somebody like uh, Douglas Louise but it looked like he was giving him a right rollicking at one point for, you know, not covering or something. Whereas yeah. I think that's another big upgrade, right? Because you never saw that from Matt Target. He was a yeah. solid player. And when he was in good form and good confidence, he was dependable. But for me, there are too many marginal things with Target's game, that confidence, morale. Yeah. And, you know, whereas uh, Dinia, I think we've signed a real, real, um, a real class professional I think in Luca Dinian and so he I was so pleased with that signing um on all fronts really um and I, as a player I can't really wait to see in action more for Villa when we come back
0: yeah I mean he's already got that one assist with the corner at Everton and I, I interviewed Greg O'Keefe who's the Everton at the, writer for the Athletic and he was kind of just in disbelief really that Everton had sold a player like Dinia to a direct rival like Aston Villa with, and Everton with you know, we're going head-to-head, really, trying to get into those top six places. Um So just extraordinary, really. And he'll definitely, I think, better suit the fact that Gerard loves to have those high wingers and cash in him, I think, and maybe Kessler Hayden as well in the future. Two players that will be very high up the pitch and suit that style, um, possibly more so than, I think, Target. Uh, yeah, as much I as so. I like Target, you know, I, I don't want people getting on his back and all that. But actually, speaking of Matt Target, what do you think about his loan move to Newcastle? Did you think... I personally found it a bit of an odd one. I've had a few days to think about it, and I'm still not sure about whether helping Newcastle's the wisest choice. But mm. what do you, what do you
1: say about that? Honestly, the um, the the fact that it's to Newcastle mm. is the part of it that doesn't sit well with me. Really, it's it's, and it's not just because. You know Newcastle suddenly new money bags and and you know there's the there's the whole sort of ethical side of the Newcastle situation as well with their ownership but mm. it's not even so much that it's I, I felt feel a bit uneasy about um, strengthening a team because I do think that I do think them signing Matt Target strengthens them um I, I and I feel a bit uneasy about strengthening a team that if Newcastle survive relegation they are going to plow money into their team. Yeah. And it's not beyond the realm of possibility at all to think that within, you know, not a particularly long period of time, they're going to be rivaling us for that pushing yeah. into the top half or even pushing for a European spot. So, I mean, that part of it doesn't sit well with me. At the time when I saw the, the move sort of announced or, you know, talked about just before it was announced, I couldn't get my head around it at all. But the, having ruminated on it for a few days, I can sort of understand why. Like, I, I don't think Matt Target is the kind of player at all who's going to for- throw a strop and force a move. Mm-hmm. Like, he seems like the kind of guy who'd apologise to a door before he pushed <laughs> it open. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and so I can't yeah. imagine him throwing a strop whatsoever. <laughs> but I think he probably has said to our staff or our, you know, our management that he feels like he deserves to be playing regular first-team football. And I honestly mm-hmm. think it's hard to begrudge him that you know player player's player of the season last season the only i think i'm right in saying the only outfield player to start every single premier league game for us last season yeah um he's you can't really be too begrudging of him thinking that he should be starting and playing regular football um and then from the villa point of view what i do like about it okay it leaves us a bit short leaves us with what ashley young covering left back Mm -hmm. Um, It's not ideal. I don't think Young's played particularly well when he's played at fullback this season, to be honest. I think his better performances have come a bit higher up, personally. But what I do like about it with Target is that it seems very much that he's not in Gerrard's plans, certainly not as a starter going forward. And now Mm -hmm. that we've signed Dinia realistically, and barring a long-term injury to Dinia, there's no real path back into the first team for target so now i think it's about keeping his value up for a summer sale right if he's sat on the bench he's not playing any football he goes down from a i mean i don't know i'm plucking numbers but he goes down maybe from a 15 million left back to a 10 million or even less left back maybe if he doesn't play any football now until the summer whereas if he plays for newcastle and he impresses does really well for them whether or not it's newcastle who spend the money in the summer people are going to be looking at target as a very very solid left back for a mid table certainly for a lower table premier league team so i do like that side of it i think it's about preserving value i sort of think feel the same about amur al ghazi i think that's another part of his move is keeping the value up for a summer sale and it's kind of stuff you've got to do right if you want to become a sustainable club you want to have this turnover you can't keep signing players without selling players um, so from that end I think it makes sense but it's taken me several days to get there I have to say
0: yeah I think if if, if Matt Target keeps Newcastle up with a, a last ditch clearance off the line and this summer they're making bids for Coutinho you know I, I can just I've just got this vision in my head that you know I don't, I've also got a theory that it might be Jack Grealish's next destination Newcastle if it doesn't quite work out at City in the next couple of years I think it will but if it doesn't I think they're gonna to want to make a big statement sign in Newcastle mm-hmm. at some point. And I think he is somebody I'd put as a candidate for that at some point. They'd have see that to actually, that. yeah. Yeah. We could,
1: so, we might see that target plus Grealish link up 2.0, <laughs> yeah. black and white.
0: Yeah. So if ever, if that ever comes to pass, it was first mentioned here early 2022 there you go uh, it's on record on the All Villa No Villa podcast and if it doesn't then uh, I'll just delete it and it didn't happen Uh, (laughs) but we'll move on to you know another defensive player Callum Chambers Aston Villa again catching us all by surprise like with Danny Ings over the summer just out of nowhere uh, what do you think of the the chamber signing? Yeah,
1: I had to do the thing again like I did with Ings, where I got the notification in <laughs> on my phone. Or did I see it on Twitter? I can't remember. And you have to check whether it's, you know, you get these people who change their names and try to try to get fans hook line and sinker. I had to check that we weren't all being had on for a second. But um once that, you know, so at first I was a bit taken aback, but mainly because we haven't heard that name mentioned at all. And also he's not he's not, with all with all due respect to him, he's not the kind of player you would uh Sort of imagine helping us take a big leap forward, put it that way. But yeah. I, I, I have to say, thinking about it, I really like it. You know, we lost Zebe earlier
0: mm.
1: on loan to Napoli. Obviously, I didn't actually. I wasn't particularly impressed with Tuanzebe this season yeah. when he was playing in the first half of the season. I thought most of the times he was on the pitch, he was probably the weakest link, certainly in the defensive, yeah. you know, half of the team. I
0: agree with that. Um,
1: Chambers coming in, you know, like there's a lot, there's there's a lot to say really for his CV. I have to say, like champ, Champions League experience with Arsenal, okay, not regular, but just even being in and around that sort of caliber of football. How many players? Okay, more now, you know, that we've signed uh, Luca Dina and and Philip Coutinho. <laughs> but how many players in Villa's squad do you look at and you can say Champions League experience, Champions League experience, Champions League experience? Like yeah. it adds, it adds a lot when you're when that, or certainly when. Uh conference league or Europa League is a relatively short-term goal. I think that's an important side of it. But then, you know, for me, like low fee, was it? They said they talked about free, but I think two million was what right. was sort of settled on in some form of payments. It's nothing, is it? Like that's mm. absolutely you pay, you pay, you pay two or three times that for a for a one-year loan fee for yep. for a lot of players. Um played at right back before. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of talk I've seen on Villa Twitter about his. Um, I think he won player of the season for Fulham in defensive midfield so, yeah. a few years ago and admittedly poor Fulham side. Let's just say that <laughs> yeah, right they, now. But, they were really uh,
0: poor that year, yeah.
1: But, but, you know, that, that sort of ability to cover various positions and various roles mm-hmm. also have an experience playing at a high level. It's not that old, 27. It's not yeah. that old for a defensive player. Um low risk and it's unlikely to be sort of explosively high reward but i think he will prove a very useful piece over the next you know certainly year and a half we'll see you know if we get 18 months down the line and we've taken you know leaps and bounds then maybe mm. we're at a point where he's somebody that you look to sell and the thing is if we look to sell him what i think he signed? what he signed a three and a half year deal three so i mean half, if you're yeah. selling, if Look down the line, you sell him with two years left on his deal. You're going to get a lot more than two million quid for him. Exactly.
0: Um,
1: so I don't. There's nothing not to like, really. You know, it's not. I don't think it's an. It's not a signing that's going to get fans excited necessarily. But you have to make these sort of useful, yeah. You know, piece of the puzzle signings, and it's all about that long term build, right? So um, uh, I, I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, an experienced player, and um, spoke to Andrew Mangan from Ars Blog. Uh, I think pretty much the top Arsenal fan site basically. And uh, he explained that the Arsenal fans really liked Chambers for his attitude, which I thought was like a good, you know, good example of the type of player of Villa Science as well. You know, players who have good attitudes and you compare to the disgrace that we were in the relegation season yeah. and how depressing it was to see the players behaving the way they did, or some of them at least. And then to think now, you know, you've got people who just come across well on a public level like Tyrone Mings and, John McGinn, um, and now Callum Chambers, again, is another player with a good attitude, apparently. So, you know, I think things like that do count. You know, I think it does matter, mm-hmm. and um, his versatility matters, and it's good for, you know, we're very focused on youth for our young players to be around people like that. Um, you know, when you think about Chukomeka and uh, Jacob mm-hmm. Ramsey being around players like that, but also having interchanges with Coutinho on, on a pitch, you know, it's just... On so many levels, the signings, this this transfer window have been so good, but, um, you know... With, Talk about the young players, but we also have to mention it was a bit of a low-key signing from Dundee United, seventeen-year-old Kerr Smith, and that was for a fee that could rise to two million pounds. Do you know much about Kerr Smith? Have you looked much into that at all? Or
1: I have to say, no, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know too much about him at all. But all I'll say is, you know, I think it's another thing that you can put in the wider context of what Villa are trying to build here. You know. Yeah. The, the 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 sort of investment on the pitch in terms of bringing in young talent you know we've signed what like half a dozen of West Brom's uh, young talents I think much to their <laughs> yeah. much to their displeasure over the last year They're or happy. so um, and adding players you know adding these sort of teenage talents but also the off field investment like the investment in the the training facilities and the youth teams and everything from the ground up like it's all pieces of the puzzle to becoming a sustainable. And successful club in the long term and like I've been you know there's been too long now I think where Villa have been shut out of this club where there's been the top level clubs pluck this talent from around the country and around various leagues and they bring them into their academy they develop them, they send them out on loans when they're ready and everything and it creates a sort of almost conveyor belt production line effect of talent Mm -hmm. Villa sort of been shut out of that conversation for far too long I think and things things seriously seem to be changing right and so that's for me I don't know too much about Kerr Smith himself but if our uh, management and staff and scouting department and you know all the hierarchy up if they spot a teenage talent that they think, think is worth bringing in and can compete with the the sort of the quality of youth that we already have at the club then who, who, am I to, who are we to question that, you know?
0: Yeah, it, it was definitely one of the signings that got me the most excited when I looked more into it. Uh, he's played 10, first-team games for Dundee United and made his debut at 16, 17 now. But his debut was against Steven Gerrard's Rangers at Ibrox. So he's played at Ibrox. He's played at Celtic Park. He's the youngest to ever play in the Dundee Derby. And uh, looking at videos of him, he's physically built, kind of like it reminds me of Wayne Rooney at that age. Like He just looks like a man, you know, even though he's so young. So that's a guy who's coming into the the youth team setup, I guess, who has first like big first team experience. So he's probably someone to look out for who might be on the bench, probably not in the too distant future, I'd imagine. Um, And then you you see teams like Chelsea were interested, were looking at him. He trained with Man United, Palace were looking at him, Everton. So it's just a good reflection again that Villa are a team that are attracting these kind of players. It almost excites me more that we get these young players in than it almost does the, the big signings we've been making recently. But, but, like, talking of the young players, you know, like we've sent Arjun Reiki to Grimsby, Kane Kessler-Hayden to MK Dons, Louis Barry's gone to Swindon, Tyree Wright to Colchester. Um, so that's a lot of, you know, Mille Edna's been doing his, his job yeah. uh, as a loan manager. Um, what, what do you make of all those loans? And, um, you know, what, what does it say about Villa as a club, I guess? And our focus on you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just think, I think it's another good sign really of where we're headed as a club. I think if you count first team loans, Villa loaned out 14 players this window more than any other Premier League team. Yeah, And again, it's a sign that we're becoming one of these clubs who uh, turn, not only turns over talent, but develops that talent both in-house and by dotting these talents around the league. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you've seen, um Cameron Archer right scored already for Preston yeah
0: uh
1: Kane Kesler, I've got no doubt at all is going to become a fan favorite MK Dons just like he was a fan favorite at Swindon yeah. I think Swindon's a great move for Louis Barry after the disappointment of his Ipswich loan didn't, that didn't that didn't work out but again like with that not working out it's that's fine you know not everything works out but it's identifying that and it's you know relocating those players and finding a solution that does work for them mm. so I, I, I really like this you know spreading youth around and then still you know villas under 23s we've still got um, a variety of people Brad you know Brad Bradley young up front um, mm-hmm. Tim Oham who's been on the bench a few times for yeah. us uh, apparently a huge talent so you know we've loaned all these players out and we've still <laughs> got we've still got yet more young talent waiting in the wings and it's it's a key. Key part of becoming sustainable for the long term. Um, Absolutely. And I think the, the moves that we've made in January, I think we've drawn on, uh, you know, Yednak and the club and who, whoever all the you know, is ever in- involved in that process of sourcing these clubs to, to loan players out to. I think they've looked at the first half of the season, what went right, what went wrong, and that's informed their decision in January. And I think I, I'm very confident we'll have a, a pretty successful. Um, sort of spread of, of loan moves now until May.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: it's just great. Like you were talking about Kerr-Smith playing at, okay, that's playing at Ibrox and playing at these big stadiums, playing in the Dundee Derby. But you, you can't, it's very hard to replicate that quality of experience when you're playing on academy pitches or, you know, even the times that Villa play in first team stadiums, but in front of tiny crowds and they're playing other Premier League teams, academies teams, like it's no real it's just no substitute really is it mm. for the sort of rough- and tumble and the pressure of of English Scottish league football mm. um so I was a big fan of seeing that from Villa again it's, it's it's just top to bottom we've come a long way I think a long long way
0: such a long way um god I remember because I, I when I was 18 I think Villa won the youth I at mean, 16 and villa won the youth Cup in 2002 around that time and I remember at that point Villa being in the local area, everyone knew the best young players went to Villa and that we just lost away completely for such a long time. Yeah. And now, in the last couple of years, it's like we've looked at Chelsea and Liverpool and figured, think of how many players they've sold who never really played in their first team. But like Solanke, I think, was sold for 20 million. It's plenty, with, loads, uh, uh, Jordan Ebay, I think, to, was also another one that went for like 15 million from Liverpool. And then think of all the players at Chelsea have sold over the years. And that's how it builds up, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, you think at some point, you know, a couple of these lads are going to play for the first team, like Jacob Ramsey's, but some of these guys are going to go for probably quite good fees. Like People would pay quite a lot for someone like Cameron Archer in the not-too-distant future, I'd imagine, if he continues to score at Preston. Yeah. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. It's not just incoming transfers we've made, it's not just loans we put out, but we also... Had a huge signing getting Emmy Martinez on a new contract until 2027. That was an unbelievable moment, I thought. He's a player that I've looked at and thought, surely one of the Real Madrid's of the world are going to come in for him at some point. But wow. I mean, what do you think of that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? Like, he's le- without hyperbole, he's legitimately one of the best goalkeepers in the world, I think, Absolutely. at the moment. I think mean, it's hard yeah. to argue with that. Like, it's, uh, you know, I've been tuning into as I'm sure many Villa fans have been tuning into South American qualification (laughs) games over the last 10 days or so, because we've got so many, you know, we've got so much interest there now, but he's, he's just so reliable, you know, and we can throw it back to the, to the mistake against Man United. You can, you can tell, I think how, uh, not only how important he is to Villa's success now and in the sort of at least the short to medium term future, but also how respected he is as a senior member of the squad. Yeah. That, that mistake was just sort of swept under the rug because like how many points has he earned us over the last yeah. 18 months or so? It is remarkable. Yeah. Um, and so to get him tied down for so long, like uh, what I will say is, uh, let's make sure we, you know, I think Villa fans, we need to make sure that we learn from the Grealish thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Players leave clubs; it, ha- <laughs> it happens. Yeah. But I think part of the thing here is that we're not, you know, even if he doesn't, even if he's not at Villa for those five years, five and a half years, or whatever. Like, think of the fee it is going to take to <laughs> pry his Emmy Martinez away from Villa Park now, when he's, yeah. when he's uh, got a contract to twenty twenty seven. He is legitimately one of the best goalkeepers in the world. He's yeah. what, what, 16 caps for Argentina, I think. 11, 11 wins, 10 clean sheets, or something, something ridiculous like that. Um, you know, Copa America winner. Like, it's he's sort of up there, really, with Coutinho, I think. And it's it's a bit different, obviously, because Coutinho's had this profile for years and years and years, and is undoubtedly a superstar name. Mm-hmm. But in terms of quality and, and it being an indication of where Villa are as a football club, I would put having Emmy Martinez as your number one goalkeeper. He clearly loves playing for the club, mm-hmm. loves the fans, loves his status, I think, amongst both the team and the supporters. Um, willing to put pen to paper on such a long contract. like You couldn't have imagined scenarios like this a couple of years ago. No, it's all. Um and I, I it it just instilled such confidence in you going forward, you know. Mm. Like we're going to be going into, you know, we're going into a World Cup in however many months time, what, November, December, isn't it? Um, Argentina are going to be there, definitely. Unless something drastically goes wrong, Emmy <laughs> Martinez is going to be Argentina's number one at that World Cup. Mm. And it's going to be remarkable to be watching that and not only think emi martinez is a villa player there but mm. to not even really have to worry about him being poached for certainly not for less than his value or you know we're going to it's going to come a time sooner rather than later i think when we're going to have to fend off offers from big 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 clubs for sure but we don't have to worry about you know we signed emi martinez for what 20 million we don't have to worry about him leaving for 25 yeah. 30 million because it, you know, now with this contract and his status among the team or whatever, it's you just can't really envis, you know, uh, envision a situation where he leaves anytime soon. And if he ever does leave, it's going to be for phenomenal money. Um, yeah. And it's that's all part of it, right? Like all part of that journey up the ladder.
0: Yeah, and it's th- it's just the absolute winning mentality he has as well. Yeah. You know? yeah. He's a real, he's a world-class player and talent, but it's that, it's a world-class mentality as well, I think. that, I think at Villa, you know, for a long time, I feel like we've just kind of always been a bit resigned to being a team that just loses to teams like Man United, You know, we'll yeah. just, you know, we, we, we can't, you know, we'll lose to the teams we're expected to lose to. But there's something about Martinez which makes me feel like, you know, and Gerard as manager as well, that it's, it's things are changing, but we're not going to be that club anymore. And we could be on our way to something quite special. If somebody like Emmy Martinez is willing to say, I believe I can win trophies at this club in the next few years. Makes
1: you feel like those upper reaches are sort of accessible, doesn't it? For the first time in the first time in God knows how long, really.
0: Absolutely. You know, obviously a lot of fans wanted to see a destroyer type player, as you mentioned earlier, a central defensive midfielder. I mean, arguably Callum Chambers could be that, but um, but a more specialist, I guess. And we were linked, obviously, to Eve Basuma, 50 million quid, all that sort of stuff, but I never saw that as a realistic proposition, particularly in the January transfer window. But is it a disappointment that Villa haven't solved the, or, or, or targeted that position yet? Or do you think maybe they look at Marvellous in the camera and think, actually, he can step up when he's fit? And perhaps one of the youth players that are currently on the bench might be a player they've identified and said, I think he can fill that role, you know, without spending yeah. fifty million. Um, you, are, you, are you disappointed at all we didn't get a CDM? Or I wouldn't say that I'm disappointed.
1: What I would say is that I think if we'd have signed um, someone in the Basuma mould, I'll put it that way, because uh, I mean Basuma himself comes with a little bit of baggage currently, I yeah. think. But I mean, if you if we'd have signed a player who is out and out at number six, right, and his main and that his main job is to do that, sit in front of the defense, break the play up. Um, in the way that Marvellous Nakamba does, but maybe throw in a, a broader range of passing and a bit more consistency. I think if we'd have signed a player in that mould, that would have taken our transfer window, you know, from 8.5 out of 10 to 10.5 out of 10. Um, that would have been the icing on the cake. But what I find interesting is that there's been some frustration, despite the signings of Coutinho and, and, and Dinho and, and all that, uh, about the fact we didn't get a midfielder. Um I can understand it, but it's it's mm-hmm. just interesting to me that there's a lot of, oh, you know, trust the board, trust the board, trust the owners, trust the management, trust the staff. They obviously know what they're doing, which I completely agree with. All the signs so far suggest that they do. Mm. So why should we abandon that logic just because we haven't signed a defence midfielder that we wanted in a sort of football manager-y <laughs> kind of way, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if they haven't, they were been sniffing around, clearly went for Ben Tanker, whether we think he's the the, the kind of player we wanted or not. I don't, believe that he ever had any intention of joining villa and i think that's kind of become obvious by by his move to spurs for a a similar if not lower fee than Mm -hmm. than we were apparently offering um basuma i didn't think was ever going to move this window for several reasons really
0: yeah
1: um so i think it's it's time that we sort of in that situation i think you just have to look at it at face value and you have to say well our board and our scouting department and our management like they must feel for presumably a variety of reasons that that was not urgent enough for us to drop 50 million on a player in the final days, of the window, like they're not going to, if it's a gaping hole and they don't feel like we can adequately work as a team without that position, they'd have brought, they'd have gone hell for leather and brought somebody in. Mm. Um, I think maybe they're looking at it and they're thinking, you know, we've got, we've actually got a multitude of midfielders, I think, you know, you're talking about people like Morgan Sanson and, and Carney Chukwemeka coming through. Everyone's clamouring for Chukwemeka to get more game time and yet they still want to bring in more midfielders. Okay, they're <laughs> slightly different roles, but yeah. I don't really subscribe to the view that Villa have lots of midfielder in the same mould. I think yeah. we actually have a quite a broad set of midfielders who all have complementary, but off you know, in, in many cases, different attributes. And so uh, you're looking at it, I think they probably think that Nakamba hopefully coming back back end of the season until then i think they're they're probably going to be happy to sit louise in the number six role Mm. louise McGinn, ramsey rotate sanson in and out rotate Chuck Mumaker in and out um you know coutinho brendia watkins and then you've got depth everywhere right Mm. and so doesn't it make more sense i expect is what the board are thinking to really just gear up over the next few months now, nail down a list of you know, however many you want, a list of targets, get your plan of action sorted in a in, in a way that's not a January transfer window way, you know, mm. <laughs> sort of plan it, know exactly how you're gonna approach this mm-hmm. and, and try and wrap up a deal early in the summer like we did last year, you know, got yeah. a lot of business done. Brendia, they knew they wanted Emi Brendia. They laid a plan to get him and they got him yeah. very quickly in the summer window. And I, I have I have complete faith that we're going to do that. I do think we will bring a defense midfielder in in the summer because I think if we want to push for Europe next season, you want to a upgrade that position on the pitch, and you want to be having maybe a Douglas Louise as a as a sort of rotation depth option.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, if you're really looking at, at climbing the ladder. Um, but I just think it makes way more sense, you know, when the the limited the options are limited in January you on a tight timeline. It's a bit, it's, you know, chaotic, as we all know. Um, <laughs> go back in the summer, lay a plan, bring one in. Uh, uh, you know, it would have been the cherry on top to get one, but there's no point dropping 40, 50 million on a player that you're not really sure is the right player. And, you know, you're, you don't feel like you really need at that time. Gerard was very clear a while ago. If we don't yeah. need, we don't need players, we won't be bringing them in.
0: Yeah. Um and, uh, you know, we're looking ahead to summer, as you mentioned. Uh, I think this transfer window has set us up quite well for the summer. Um, and, uh, you know, you spoke about the Buendia early deal. Well, thank God it was Buendia and not Todd Cantwell. Um,
1: oh, I know. Yeah.
0: Wow. Um, <laughs> falling, falling out with Dean Smith is quite an achievement, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and going on loan to Bournemouth, I mean, good grief. That's, uh, that, you know, going down a division. I didn't didn't mm. see that coming. But, uh, but yeah, I... I think this transfer window has set us up quite well for the summer, and I think it's pretty clear what Villa need already um, going forward. But it'll also be interesting, of course, to see: do we sell any players? You know, any of our established um, players—McGinn being linked with United, Ollie Watkins, Arsenal, those sorts of things. So that'll be interesting, I think, to look ahead to. Uh, But Tom, um, it's been honestly—I feel like I could chat for the rest of the week. Do you want to just let us know where we can find you? Where? You know people who haven't heard Holtcast where they can find it and all that kind of stuff,
1: yeah. So, I mean, so uh, you can check out uh, Holtcast um, at 7500 to Holt on Twitter, um, also on other platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, you can get the whole get Holtcast wherever you get your podcasts, dealer's choice, <laughs> um. If you if you're insistent on listening to more of my views you can get me at TD Nightingale on Twitter um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that but that's up to you I would Fire I everywhere. would actually I th- I, I wrote,
0: <laughs> one of the best Twitter accounts on on villa Twitter I would say by by far a really good good follower
1: that's too kind that is Frankie <laughs> but thank you um but yeah no uh, I mean absolute pleasure to come back and I'm like you really I could I could just talk about villa endlessly you know <laughs> yeah um, it's just a shame that, you know, uh, time of recording, we've got, what, several more days until Villa play again. <laughs> yeah.
0: um,
1: but it's never dull, is it, really, with Villa? Never dull.
0: No, particularly when it's Leeds. So. Very true, yeah. OK, thank you, everybody, for listening. I've been your host, Frankie McGuire, and thank you so much for joining us, Tom.
1: Thank you very much, Frankie.
0: And it's goodbye from me. I'll be back soon to review the Leeds game, which seemingly takes place sometime next century, I think. But until then, come on, super Aston Villa.